Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast in partnership with the awesome Najahi tribe. Now, if you want to learn how to improve your game, you want to get better at trading, you want to build a coaching business, you want to get better at selling, you want to get better at mind mapping, anything you want to do so that you can develop yourself and grow your business, then go check out the Najahi tribe. There's loads and loads of coaches on there that can offer you massive value. On today's episode of the podcast, I have a guy that has built a LinkedIn profile with over 600,000 followers. How about that? And he's only young as well. If you haven't seen it on LinkedIn, go and check out The Daily Sales. Daniel Disney wrote a book, The Million Pound LinkedIn Message. that's become a bestseller all over the world because of his skills around how LinkedIn marketing, LinkedIn strategy works and how you can take advantage of it no matter where you are in life. Let's cue the music and get stuck into this one. So nice to have you on the show, Dan. Thank you for spending some time with me today, mate. That's all right. Thanks for inviting me on, Spence. I'm a huge fan, so excited to be here. Nah, I like it to see a huge fan. Have I got uh, are you on my top fan badges on that thing on Insta uh, on Facebook where people are like they're they're your real fan and they <laughs> you see that people whenever they're my top fan they message me and tell me. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you think that? I wonder if they'll get that on LinkedIn soon. Who knows? Who knows? So Dan, you you literally have built a business all around LinkedIn and you have done something that most people on LinkedIn don't do, which is your daily sales memes. And I I don't know anybody else that's doing it. I'm sure there are other people out there because you being in that space would know. But how did this idea come about? Where did it all start? And how did you go about getting 600,000 followers? (laughs) So I saw, I mean, it was what, four and a half years ago, uh, lots of memes on Facebook and Instagram and memes are everywhere. And I loved them hilariously funny but you're right there weren't any on LinkedIn and there weren't any sales ones either and I thought you know what I'm going to create some for sales because that's what I know that's my background my career um so I started creating some and I started sharing them on LinkedIn and the engagement just went through the roof I would usually get 20 likes on a post 30 likes on a post but these memes were getting hundreds of likes it was crazy I mean this was four and a half years ago you know it's increased a lot since then and People just love them. A lot of the content on LinkedIn is very serious. It's professional. Uh, it's all work-based. And people quite like a bit of light entertainment. So after sharing a few, I thought, you know what? Instead of it just coming from me, why don't I create a sort of a central brand that can share memes for salespeople, but also blogs, motivational quotes, sort of a go-to place for salespeople to follow a page. And then every day, there's a mixture of entertainment, inspiration, education, and just sat on my sofa, came up with the name, The Daily Sales, designed the logo on a free logo app on my phone, made the pages, set up a little website myself, and then just started sharing content. And because it was always value-giving content, memes, mo- you know, quotes, and, and blogs, people followed it because I wasn't selling them anything. I wasn't broadcasting adverts all the time. It was all value content. And I think in the first year, it grew to 100,000 followers. And that just you know, blew me away and we just kept putting out content. And yeah, four and a half years of consistently doing that every single day, you know, adapting, changing, creating new relevant content. You know, we're now, at, yeah, I think 606,000 followers grow by about eight to 10,000 new followers every month. And the thriving sort of community base for me, is just, it's just the world I love. <laughs> I, I find it funny. I hope everyone else finds it funny. You know, it's interesting in, with the whole world of social media that p- people think that different social media platforms are for different things. You know, we've all got to learn a new dance for TikTok. We've got to, you know, be be good at certain things for Facebook and so on. And and it's, it, LinkedIn's business, you know, it's business. And so what I notice, if, if people try to be good across all of the channels, they, they tend to be average everywhere and not good anywhere. And you literally have doubled down on LinkedIn and you're do, you've done stuff that traditionally people would say is not what you do on LinkedIn. And that's to be lighthearted, have fun, um, engage people with humor because it's a business social media platform. You know, we've got to keep saying it's business because the traditionalists will keep telling you it's business. Now, I'm a traditionalist in the way that I'll tell you it's not a dating site. Okay, so don't make it a dating site. But what what prompted you to say, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go against the grain here and I'm going to try some stuff that other people typically don't try. 
do you know what it's because i mean you know when i tried it it was the response that i think prompted me to continue going down that road i didn't think at the start wow this is definitely going to work it was just a case of do you know what it's humor but it's work relevant one of the things i noticed is when people try and share stuff that really isn't relevant to linkedin and not to say that it's 100 professional but if it's 100 percent not you know linkedin is like a an online digital workplace so it, you know the content that works on there is the sort of stuff you would bring to the office even you know the physical office and so this is humor that is work relevant if i just shared random memes about random things in life like a cat meme for example you know it's probably not going to go down too well but because this is relevant to my audience and my role it works and it was just the response of the audience that then prompted me to think okay clearly there's a hunger for this clearly this is you know a good form of contact what was important for me um if i if it was all on my profile if i was just sharing memes people wouldn't take me seriously all the time that was again part of the reason to create a brand for this that people could follow and then allowed me to build my personal brand separately where i do share memes you know maybe once or twice a month but then i'm also pushing out the serious content around sort of linkedin and, and social selling so it's all about balance but you know there are so many people on linkedin and i for the first year i had it nearly every day writing this is for facebook not for linkedin you know we call them the linkedin police um people that think you know think they have some sort of authority over it and, and the reality is you've just got to look where the engagement is if people are enjoying it there you go okay that's a good point let's talk about then how you came to write a book and then let's let's then deep deep dive you and me into the do's and don'ts of linkedin and how you can really take advantage of it as a platform and the kind of things that you teach people to make sure that they can utilize it and uh, help grow their business. So you, you, you're there, you're a young lad, you've sat there, you've built this thing out, you've got hundreds of thousands of followers, you're thinking, holy macaroni, this is awesome. You're clearly using LinkedIn for business. And out of nowhere, you say one day, I've never written a book before because I used to work in a DIY store um, selling kitchens. I've never written a book before, but I'm going to write a book. Is that how it happened? Or did someone say to you, why don't you write a book? Where did it come from? It's a funny story. I built up the daily sales whilst working full time as a sales director for a, a training company here in the UK. So everything I did building this up to just shy of 200,000 followers was done in my evenings and weekends, you know, whilst working 10, 12 hour days um, in sales. Now, I got to the point where this was growing fast and I was starting to get advertising interest. So I saw the potential to turn it into a business. So I was focused on turning this into the business. What happened by chance was just as I was getting ready to go sort of solo with this, I had someone message me saying, Dan, you're clearly doing some great stuff on LinkedIn. Can you come and train my sales team on how they can get better results from LinkedIn? It was never in my plan. It was never in my agenda, but I ended up putting together a day's training, going and delivering it. And the response and the results that they achieved got me thinking, okay, maybe there's something here as well. So what I started to do was, you know, make that a lot better and then go out and start training more companies. And so that then helped me grow my personal brand, the Dan Disney personal brand around social selling and LinkedIn. And, and sort of after doing that for about a year and a half, um, realized for me to kind of continue growing in that space and to, to continue giving value, a book was the logical next step. And I've been writing blogs on LinkedIn, you know, since I started using it, I think I've written nearly 300 blogs across the last four to five years. So I was quite comfortable writing blogs. Writing a book is a whole different ball game, as I'm sure you're aware of. But the big motivation was there are so many bad sales messages coming through on LinkedIn. I get them every day. All of the decision makers I speak to, business owners, you know, directors, VPs, they're inundated with these terrible, terrible spammy sales pitch messages. So the big motivation for this was, right, I'm going to write a book that just finally sets the record straight on the right type of messaging. So the million pound LinkedIn message was one message template that I used to open up a sale that closed at just over a million pounds. What the book also includes is 25 other different message templates because there is no one size fits all, but different templates that are more focused on starting conversations than pitching products. Um, and, you know, it's been amazing seeing people message me saying, right, chasing this customer for weeks, for months, tried one of your templates, got a response straight away. And it just transforms the, the tone of a, of a message. So it was, yeah, hopefully there to help 
salespeople send better messages. I mean, there are still so many that still come into my inbox every day, but hopefully bit by bit, we can help uh, ease some of that out. So do you sit there sometimes looking at those messages that come through going, no, 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 no. Why? What? I don't know. And, and feel compelled to want to respond and say, you're doing it wrong because I find myself doing that. You know, I see a crappy message coming through and I'm like, and I have to respond. I'm like, does this actually work? Is my response. Does it, do you get anywhere with this? You know, because you really could do with some training and they're like, well, what do you do? I'm like, Oh God, here we go. You're not even checking my profile. Funniest thing is, I mean, I get people trying to sell me LinkedIn services and that's the most bizarre thing. I mean, I'm not again trying to say I'm perfect, but if you looked at my profile and you were selling a LinkedIn service, you probably wouldn't, try and sell to me i'm not your ideal customer but people don't they either automate it and they're using software to just spam out people or they're just trying to mass hit numbers and they're just copy paste send copy paste send what's frustrating me the most at the moment spencer honestly this is my new bug because messaging was my bugbear last year this year it now seems to have flooded into connection requests the salespeople are now sending connection requests personalizing the message with a sales pitch so not only are they asking for you to connect with them, which is kind of the value to them in the first place, but they're pitching you terribly in the connection request as well. So it's beyond me. Where the logic comes from that that's a good idea, don't know. Um, but that's really what needs to change. Well, if it does change, then maybe there's less opportunity for people like me and you and the people that are listening right now. So maybe, maybe we keep it that way for the others in a very selfish way. Um, you, you've generated £25 million worth of revenue. So I'd argue that you're an authority. I, I mean, I don't like to think of myself as an authority. I just try and deliver results. I want the results to do the talking. I'm not here to boast about what I've done. I just want them to do it. But I've been social selling for coming up to eight, nine years now, um, mainly in the B2B space. And between me and the teams I've led, been able to close a lot of deals that have come from LinkedIn generated leads, either inbound or outbound. And that's one of the confusions that often occurs. A lot of people think LinkedIn's just an inbound generation tool sort of a marketing tool which it is and it's great for generating good strong inbound leads but it's also great for starting outbound conversations no different to picking up the phone and making a cold call sending a linkedin message a good linkedin message to a prospect you're starting the conversation mm. um so yeah i'm all about the results and linkedin is a gold mine of, of opportunity i'm i'm anti-cold calling and i know that you say it's one method and not the only method because there are other methods whereas i'm like every other method but cold calling please um people that are listening to this right now i, I want you to understand something Dan has created 25 million pounds worth of revenue on LinkedIn. He's got 600,000 followers on LinkedIn. When I asked him, when we were having a chat a week or two ago, I asked him about his knowledge and expertise and exposure around Instagram and stuff. He, he hardly uses that platform at all and other platforms. His focus is purely on LinkedIn. So I would say that he's an authority on this. And so I know most of you don't have 600,000 followers. Most of you haven't created that kind of revenue. And even if you've come close to it, um, my my, my, my belief is you haven't really, you're just maybe telling a bit of a porky pie here because I know you, you're my listeners. Now, Dan, let's help these people, okay? Because that's what I want to do. I want to try and help people. So for those of you that are listening to the podcast right now that don't have a pen and paper in your hand, okay, either listen to it and then listen to it again, okay, or go and get a pen and paper, press the pause button and listen and then make some notes that Dan's about to tell you. Okay, what are the five common mistakes people make, Dan? Okay, common mistake number one is profiles. Some of the pro every company that I get hired to train, every single one of them, I'd say 75 to 80% of the profiles are bad. They're missing information, they're poorly put together, they're disorganized, they're cluttered, or they're self-focused. So tip number one, uh, you need to upgrade your profile. Um, if I list the five first, we can then break down the tips for, for each of them. Number two is content. Um, again, 75 to 80% of most people out there, they're just if they're sharing anything, they're just resharing the company's posts and blind resharing it. They're just clicking the share button and away it goes. Sometimes that's their choice. Sometimes it's what's instructed by the marketing department. Either way, it doesn't work. Tip number three or the mistake number three, they have no personal brand. No one knows who they are in their industry, certainly not online. So when people, their prospects are writing posts saying, I'm looking for a new printer supplier. I'm looking for a new cybersecurity system they're not getting tagged into it. No one's saying, I'd recommend Spencer Lodge because they did a great job for us. 
they have no presence. Number four, they have small networks. I see salespeople with less than 500 connections. There is no need for that. And for anyone who tries to argue, oh, it's about quality, not quantity, you don't have to choose. You can have a big network of good prospects. I've got my 30,000 connections. That's the limit. That's a big limit. Facebook's 5,000. LinkedIn, you've got a 30,000 connection limit. You've got an unlimited follower uh, sort of limit. I've got 30,000 connections, but the majority of them, talking 60 to 80% of my network, are relevant to my industry product and target buyer you don't need to choose quantity or quality you can do both you've got a good opportunity with with linkedin the last piece is messaging so again a lot of the messaging that salespeople are sending aren't great they're either copying and pasting email templates into linkedin messages they're pitching horrendously or they're just bland and not personalized not relevant to the person they're sending it to LinkedIn, again, gives you the opportunity to send written messages, audio messages, and video messages. You've got so many opportunities to send creative, engaging, conversation-worthy messages. But look, you don't know what you don't know. I'm sure there are people listening to this. You know, you don't know how to use LinkedIn. That's fine. I didn't. When I started, I had no idea what to do. You know, I had to learn through sort of trial and error and a lot of practice. But, you know, hopefully in this episode, I'll be able to get you guys on the, the right kind of track. But those are the, the five common mistakes okay let's just, so just go in a bit more detail about that then so profile okay does the profile i see sometimes profiles are written in the third person so like spencer is spencer was and that kind of stuff rather than i am and i find that a little bit weird and it's, it's, it's my profile it's like me it's me it's my shop window so i'm going to tell you about me rather than you know the third person being being used do you agree with that yeah, so I mean, your LinkedIn profile is kind of like a CV. So a lot of people fill it in like a CV, and some people write their CV in the third person. Goodness knows what. I'm sure some people probably recommend it. I don't know. But yeah, I agree. It's not really the most professional approach. But that in itself is what causes a lot of problems, especially for salespeople or entrepreneurs or people that are trying to sell something. If your LinkedIn profile is built like a CV, it's self-focused because that's what you need. If you're looking for a job, you need to boast about how great you are as an employee, how successful you are. But if you're trying to win customers, that's a turnoff. That does the absolute opposite of what it does for a recruiter or a hiring manager. What you want to do is flip it around and make it focused on them, not on you. They don't care how much you've sold in your career, how many times you were in President's Club and that wonderful stuff. They want to know how can you help them? What can you help them achieve? How have you helped similar people? Who do you help? all needs to be focused on them. So when you go through your profile, make it about your ideal customers. Just a few quick top tips um, that will make a huge difference. Number one and two are your photo and your background. That's the first thing they're gonna see. So so, so I've, got, I've got two picture options. Maybe I can have a picture of me on the beach, at a weekend, that's a, that's a nice profile picture there in my speedos with a beer in my hand. Is that the kind of profile picture I need? If you want to use LinkedIn for dating, Spencer, 100%. <laughs> I don't think I'll date Nobody would date me if they saw pictures of me in speedos. <laughs> okay, so just, just what kind of picture do we need? So a professional headshot, shoulders and above with a plain background. That is key. Dressed appropriately for work. It's so easy to do. You know, it used to be a lot more difficult in the past. We now have super cameras on our phones. You know, a lot of us are stuck at home. So if you can find just a plain colored wall if you can't then take a picture that's well lit go to something like fiverr.com and pay someone a few quid cut your photo out and you can just put it against a plain background but it makes a huge difference cluttered backgrounds really take the impact away from your photo and equally using a photo from a wedding or a night out when you were last dressed smart doesn't look great either i've had people in my classes selling b2b professional services their profile picture's been them holding a pint of beer next to their face. You know, keep it relevant and professional. Um, if and when you have the opportunity, if you can get a professional photo done, do it with a professional photographer. A lot of them offer LinkedIn headshot services now, and they're not massively expensive. Certainly not as expensive as buying a good suit or a nice dress to wear. But yet, some of your customers, that's going to be the first impression. It's going to be your LinkedIn profile. So make it look smart. It's probably the only real investment you'll have to you know, commit to it. There's a, there's a space at the back for a picture as well. Should we have a, should we, what type of picture should we have there? So that's the background. That's your own billboard. 
So my recommendation on that is that should start to tell your customers and prospects what it is you offer. It needs to be bold. It needs to be minimal. You can't have tons of text, but just a, a few words, a sentence that really highlights what you offer or who you help with either an image of your product or your logo, something creative. What I would recommend is the color in that background should be the same color as in the background of your profile photo then you create uniformity. And I see companies just starting to do this now where all their teams have these beautiful profiles all matching. But that background, again, you want them to look, see a nice picture, read that and think, okay, I'm starting to know what this person does. I'm interested to read more and they'll scroll down. Okay, now do I say in my profile, um, uh, uh, in my tagline or when I explain what I do, do I say in there what I do to help other companies, how I serve other companies or do I talk to them about my product? So there's a few in the job title bit, you've got a few options and there is really minimal difference. So there are, you know, it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't have a huge impact compared to other areas. You can have your position, the sales manager at X company. You can have helping people achieve type of title where you talk about the results you help them achieve, or you can have the bullet point style, which just highlights some of the key words or key terms and what you offer. Again, very minimal difference between all three. Um, certainly not enough for me to say confidently do one or the other. Do what you feel is best and feel free to change it every quarter, every six months, 12 months, mix it up. The key things are photo background, then your summary is the next sort of juicy area. That's your chance to really dig deep into who you help, how you help them, what you help them achieve, how you've helped similar people and how they can get in touch with you if they're interested. If you go to my profile, you'll be able to see exactly the format I use. Um, one of the key things is stretch it out, have spaces in between your sentences. When people are on social media, they're scrolling. So those sentences between, uh, gaps between the sentences make a huge difference, um, but just make it focused on them. Okay, good. That's giving me some good information. Um, so let's talk about content right now. So I know that I can't um, I can't tell tell stories about how my first girlfriend left me and how it broke my heart and I never got over it and I know that um, just copy and pasting and plagiarizing other people's content doesn't work really either. So what what what's an idea of good content? I mean that girlfriend story could work, Spencer. If you made it how <laughs> in sales, you know sometimes you're going to lose customers, you're going to lose opportunities. Um, Again, there'll be a meme coming up in the next couple of days. <laughs> Check it out. There'll be a picture of a sad bloke, the same yeah. face he pulled when he lost the sale. <laughs> See, rejection is a part of sales, so that could be a good story. People like real stories, your stories, your individual stories, but it's got to be relevant to your industry, your target prospect. Resharing content is okay, but I would really only recommend doing it once a week or once a fortnight max. The real opportunity lies in creating your own content, writing your own posts right now. And I mean, this has been the same for the last sort of 12 to 18 months. Long form written text-based posts are the best performing piece of content out there. Perform better than video, perform better than most photos. Um, so it's a chance to tell mini stories. Again, kind of the way you were going down that pathway you could talk about rejection in sales and reflect back to your first girlfriend because people will find it entertaining and that's it if you can make something that you're doing entertaining or interesting or informative or motivating people are going to engage in it um, but just start to get comfortable creating your own content try sharing some posts share a photo one of the easiest things you could do there's those two simple go-to ideas to get started that shouldn't take too much confidence number one post a photo of your home office space most people around the world are working from home now and have been for, for the last couple of months. Let them see your home working office space. People like that. They're nosy. They're curious. They want to see what equipment you've got, what setup you've got. That's always a good thing. And it lets people into your world. Number two is post a book review. Read a book. I'm sure you've got tons of books that you've read. Take a picture with it if you can. A nice little selfie so they get to see you as well. And just share your thoughts on a book. Because... It just lets people in. There'll be people in your audience that have read that book, will find it interesting that they can relate to it, or maybe they haven't, and now they're going to go and read it. Either way, giving value through your content. Excellent stuff. Good. Really interesting. Okay, next one, brand. Personal brand. 
personal brand's an interesting thing because a lot of people, you know, when you talk to them about making their profile better, they can get the mechanics of that. When you talk to them about thinking about different types of content, you can give them ideas that there's good stuff there and there's plenty of stuff online. But people get kind of, am I a personal brand? Am I a business brand? Am I a, am I, am I me, me the business person? Am I me the human being? Am I me the, you know, the, the X, the Y, the Z? And it's like, I, I, what, what is my brand? I don't have a brand. Help me, help me, Daniel. I haven't got a brand. What do I do? I'm not a brand. And <laughs> so where do we go with that? The first, it is so confusing. And there are so many people saying, you got to have a personal brand. What's the personal brand? It needs to be this, it needs to be that. Look, your personal brand is just your sort of digital amplification of you. It should be you. Don't try and be something you're not. Don't try and be someone else. Just be yourself. Your personal brand is built up essentially from your digital footprint. So the content you're putting out, the engagement you're putting out, what people perceive you as. So one of the biggest traps that a lot of people fall into is they become the fan, they become the sheep. And all they do is they follow others. So they'll just comment on industry experts, you know, posts. That's an amazing post. You're amazing. I love you. You're so cool. You're amazing. And they become sheep and people don't follow sheep. So the best tip I can give for building a personal brand is establish yourself as an authority in your industry. One of the biggest sort of questions I get when I say that is I'm new in the industry or I'm new in this company. So I don't have lots of knowledge. I don't have lots of experience. How can I be an expert? It's not about being an expert. It's about being a source of value. I see SDR, sales development reps, entry level salespeople in their first year working in sales, building massive personal brands, reaching tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people just by sharing their journey. They're not going out claiming to know everything, they're sharing what they're doing, what's working, what's not working, what they're interested in, who they're talking to, who they're learning from. It's all about giving value. It doesn't matter what position you're in, what experience you have, what knowledge you have. Just go out there and be authentic. As long as you are genuinely passionate about the industry you work in, the product you sell, and the customers you serve, then your content should always be valuable and giving. Just be open, honest, and authentic. I always used to say this when people would start in their job and one of the first things they're scared of is, what if I get asked a question that I don't know the answer to? And my response to that is, that's one of the best things that can happen because you can turn to them and say, do you know what? I don't know that answer, but give me five minutes. I'm going to go find someone who does and I'm going to get you that answer as soon as I can. You end up giving more value than if you actually knew the answer straight away. So just be authentic, just be honest. A personal brand is built up by consistently sharing content consistently engaging in content and growing your audience those three components help build a personal brand to so grow your network every day uh, which we're going to touch on in a second share content of value and engage in content comment on two or three posts a day it gets your name out there if your name's out there three four times a day through the comments through the posts that you're putting out people are going to start to get see you on a regular basis and your personal brand will start to rise it's that 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 i always say to people that are new into sales it, be really honest about it and say to people look i'm new i'm not that experienced i'm learning go easy on me and in fact what you'll find is that people will have some empathy and sympathy for that and they'll be like Let's go easy on him and not, and not bust his balls kind of thing. And I think it's really important to remember that, that kind of that humility. People will, because everyone was a beginner at something once themselves. So they can completely identify with that. And I find that you can, you can sell a lot by saying, you know, I'm no expert. I've only been doing it five minutes. And, you know, you as a client are way more important to me than you would be to lots of other people. So I'm going to do even more for you. But please, please don't, don't give me an objection I can't handle, you know, and stuff like that. And I think people will always, always work with you. Okay, good advice. Um, okay, so I've got 500 uh, people I'm connected to. It's all about it's all about quality, man. I'm in a niche area. It's quality, man, not quantity. Let's just talk about building networks. Yeah, let's grow some networks, but let's grow them with quantity and good quality people. Every day, my top recommendation is add 10 to 20 new people. There's a reason for that number. If you start adding too much, some people get excited. They want to grow too quick. You know, they, they don't want to wait. They haven't got patience. So they add 50 people, 100 people a day. Guess what's going to happen in a few days or a couple of weeks? LinkedIn is probably going to block your account. Usually it's only temporary, but they don't like people mass adding when a lot of those people aren't accepting those connection requests. I say this from experience. I've been banned, I think, six or seven times in total. Um, you know, slow it down. 10 to 20 keeps you under the radar. Uh, don't use external sites. I've seen two people this year get lifetime bans from LinkedIn for using third-party platforms to grow their network too quick. 
Um, so just be cautious. Patience is a virtue. Took me, what, five, five and a half years to hit the 30,000 limit, but you get there. It's nothing you need to race towards. Um, but growing it consciously every day, that's 10 to 20 new people that are going to see your content. And don't forget, every person you connect with isn't just an individual person. One of the biggest things that people have in their head is, well, I don't want to connect with that person. They're not going to buy from me. They're not my ideal customer. They may not be, but you're not just connecting with them. You're connecting with however many connections and followers they have. So they have 500, 5,000. Chances are there's going to be a few people in their audience that could be prospects and customers. And the moment they click like, write a comment or share your content, it's going out to their audience. And then their audience is going to come to you. And I see this in every post I do. The first five comments are my first degree connections, my direct connections, then the next five, a second degree, then the third degree. And I start to get connection requests sent to me from those second and third degree connections that have got value from my posts. So my audience starts to grow. I might add 10 to 20 through the content and personal brand and getting 10 to 20 requests come into me as well. So you can increase the rate of growth by putting out content and building a brand, but manually go out. And when you're manually going out, just look for your target customers, people in your industry. If you are selling to VPs of marketing, connect with VPs of marketing, but connect with the rest of that marketing department as well. The marketing manager, the marketing executives, everyone who's in there. Then connect with other people in the business because they all might have insights or might be able to provide you introductions to the right people. So, I mean, the opportunities to, to grow your network are, are endless, but it's down to you to make sure you fill it with as much quality as possible. Okay, great information. Okay, let's talk about um, <laughs> the messages. It's so fun. I mean, literally so fun every day, every single day. I mean, I don't know why people in SEO, digital marketing and social media marketing seem to have some form of tractor, laser beam, something for me. I don't know why. What did I, I don't know who I harmed in a digital life before this, but every day it's like incessant with this over and over messages and so what actually is a is a plus be, because of that is that if someone sends me something that's remotely different just a little bit different a bit personalized okay and ask me a question then invariably i respond straight away and so Literally, this happens to me that I get a good connection request and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, an email once a week if I'm lucky. So I do pay attention to the good one. But people have to know this. And, 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 and for everyone that's listening to this right now, you may, okay, you may have experienced this yourself. Okay, what I'd urge you to do is tell every single friend or every single colleague you have or every person that you know that's in some form of business development role uh, that's working and using LinkedIn to listen to what you're about to be told. Okay, make sure everyone listens to this because it's really, really important. Okay, what shouldn't we do and what should we do? Let's give the both sides. What I know you've touched on it already, but no, no, no to what exactly? So let me give you some examples of no, no, no. Some message templates I get too often that don't work. Number one is the copy and paste email message. I, I have this in my training sessions where the slide I use to show one of these messages, I've had to split the message into three pieces to fit on the slide. It was that long. Copied from an email, a very long email, and just pasted into a LinkedIn message. LinkedIn messages like a text message, like a WhatsApp, like a Facebook message, they need to be short and sweet. You can't put an essay in. You can't pitch every detail about your product. They're great conversation starters. The goal is to try and convert it into a phone call, Zoom call, face-to-face, -face, whatever it may be, where you can have a more thorough conversation. But don't go too long in it. Equally, on the flip side of that, don't go too short. I get messages all the time that just say, hi, Daniel. Yeah, 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 I get Yeah, yeah, that one. Hello. Oh, hi, Spencer. Yeah, it's like... What the, what? What do you want? Yeah, I, don't, I don't send that to my friends or family. I'd find that weird if I was like, hi, mum. She'd be like, what? What do you want? <laughs> and yet people are sending that to me as a, as a potential prospect. It's bizarre. I don't know these people. So again, too short. You've got too long, too short. Then you get the ones in the middle that are either 
filled with a really poorly written sales pitch that's not relevant. So for example, someone trying to sell me LinkedIn training, you know, just not relevant. They haven't actually qualified me. One of the other big sins is the use of online calendar links. So there's this horrible template. I call it the digital used car salesman, where it'll be like me sending a message saying, hey, so my name's Dan. I help salespeople sell more with LinkedIn and social selling. Here's a link to my calendar so you can book a meeting with me. Kind yeah. regards, Dan. And it's so self-focused and ego-driven and they just turn people off. I've seen so many decision makers literally copy and paste those templates into LinkedIn and share them for all to see. The, 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 the guy whose podcast I was just on earlier, whose name I told you a minute ago that I'm not, I'm not going to say out loud now. Okay, he did exactly the same to me. Would love to have you on the podcast. He, and he said, did it on LinkedIn and sent me a calendar link. Okay, and I just sent one back and I was like, and <laughs> and he came back and goes, yeah, just choose a time that's convenient for you. I was like, how about you contact my PA, have a look in my diary through my PA with my PA and see what time's convenient for me. And he was like, oh, and what, what I was saying in my head as I saw that, you know, and as much as I love to be interviewed on podcasts and stuff like that, that calendar link, I was in my head going, F you, F you, F you. <laughs> Is this what happens? And again, this is just salespeople trying to take shortcuts and shortcuts don't work in sales. They don't work in social selling. You've got to earn these opportunities. So those are definitely the big no's. The do's, what does work? Tip number one, this is the biggest tip I can give. So honestly, if you work in sales or you know somebody who works in sales, this is the key tip that ties into everything. Hyper personalization, not just personalization. Personalization is putting their name in. At least that's better than a lot of the effort that a lot of people make hyper-personalization is where you are really making it about them. That'd be like me sending you a message, Spencer, saying, Spencer, I am a huge fan of your podcast. I loved that episode you did with Tony Robbins. Oh, the tips were amazing. Um, you know, it'd be great to jump on a chat. I'd love to, you know, maybe bring you into my podcast and maybe contribute to your tip. I'm making it all about you. I'm referencing something really specific. Some people try and, again, take a shortcut with this where they'd be like, hi, Spencer, love your content. And it's like, okay. Which content? <laughs> Which in particular? That's easy to say. Hyper personalization. Make it as much about them and make it as relevant about them. Reference a piece of their content, reference their company, reference something that was in the news about their company, reference something about one of your customers that's identical to them and something that they achieved that maybe might help them. Make it about them and make it as personalized as possible. It's all about the value you give. Keep them short and sweet. Not too short, not too long, but just that nice middle point. One paragraph, two paragraphs max. And the third tip, because you, you mentioned this before, because there are so many bad messages coming in, when different messages come in, it cuts through the noise. And I'll give you an example. I spoke to um, uh, a director at a business who got their first video message come through on LinkedIn. And they, they literally called me straight away. They're like, oh my God, Dan, I was so excited. I've never had a video message. Like My inbox is full of these horrible, terrible you know, written messages and suddenly this video pops in. So that instantly caught their attention. Now they watched the video, wasn't fantastic. I'm gonna share with you some of the tips as to what could have made it better, but it caught their attention. They were interested. And I think they did go forward to have a conversation with that person. Didn't give the best first impression, but it was better than everyone else. Um, so things like video messages and voice messages are great ways to cut through the noise or creative written messages. Um, when it comes to video, just a bring to light some of the errors this individual person made. Number one, think about your background. So some people unfortunately choose really cluttered or really messy backgrounds. And I know a lot of us are working from home at the moment. This, this is all time, this is all time. Um, something that's relevant. Again, this amplifies what I do, but it could be you know a mug that's got your company logo on, it could be a logo on the wall, whatever it may be. Something like, exactly what you've got Spencer. Um, but something that's on brand, think about what you're wearing. So this person in particular was selling you know, a high ticket professional B2B product, but they were dressed in a sports branded hoodie. Now that doesn't really give the right impression for what they're selling or who they're trying to sell to. So make sure you're making an effort. Again, you're not working from home. It doesn't mean you can't wear a hoodie, but make sure it's a relevant or branded hoodie or a t-shirt or dress in a shirt, whatever's appropriate. The next bit is again, recording videos. And I'm sure, I don't know if you uh, had this when you started doing video, Spencer, when I started doing videos, it was hard, it was scary. I would do anything but look at the camera. It took me ages to get used to it. You really do have to practice. Same as when I first started making cold calls. You know, it's always uncomfortable when you start. But do practice doing videos. Things like looking at the camera, things like trying not to have too many ums, 
uh, this person in particular was like, hi, um, yeah, I just wanted to um, send you this, this message. Um, you know, it, yeah, you lose your confidence, you lose your engagement. Little things like that make a big difference. A lot of salespeople think, right, I'm gonna do a video, I'm just gonna put the camera on anywhere I am in my house. I, I saw one video, it wasn't a message, it was a piece of content. Sales rep shared their first video, which is great, I applaud it. But they were in the office back when that was normal, and there was a dirty painted wall on one side, a dirty window on the other. They were there in a white shirt with the biggest coffee stain going down their shirt, and they were putting this video out to all of their prospects and customers. Their manager made them take it off 10 minutes later, but you know, they didn't think of that. They were doing this video and they hadn't thought of those little details. So if you're gonna send video messages, again, some other top tips, keep them less than a minute, short and sweet to the point, and, and take care of the little details because those little details. Do, do you think that the open rate on a video message is bigger than an open rate on an audio message? Uh, I think video is better than audio. Uh, audio and written kind of seem to be on a level footing at the moment, but everyone has different preferences. Some people, you know, I'm message or some people do it on the content I put out, they'll say, I hate audio messages or I hate video messages. Some people hate them, some people love them, some people hate cold calls. Some people prefer them. You know, everyone has different preferences. All you're doing is casting different fishing rods into the pond. There's a, you know, a, a, a written message pot, uh, fishing rod. There's an audio message one. There's a video message one. Maybe there's an email one. It's all about using different tools to reach different pockets of fish. Talk to me about um, when people uh, go and look at your profile. So I know when anybody goes to my profile and has a look and if they're connected to me, then obviously you can message them. If they're not connected to me, it'll say connect. Let's, let's take them in two folds at the moment. The ones that, that um, are connected to me, should I send them a message and say, hey, thanks for checking out my profile. Is there anything I can help with? Or should I say, thank, you know, what, should I do anything with it or should I leave it? So I would pre-qualify first. I wouldn't recommend just messaging everyone because there may not be any real relevance. Um, Pre-qualify first. So I do this. I go through everyone who views my profile. I will pre-qualify. Uh, and those that do fit my sort of ideal customer profile, I will message. I'll give you an example of this. I message I had a managing director and sales director of a big tech company look at my profile. Um, now, it was three hours from when they looked at my profile. I checked. No message from them, nothing. So I sent them both a message. I said, hi, thanks for checking out my profile. I'd love to know what your company's doing in the world of social selling. The managing director replied within five minutes. Hi, Dan. Thanks for messaging. Uh, we were just talking about this today. We use LinkedIn quite a bit, but we're interested to see if we could use it a bit more. Could you speak to my sales director and just have a chat? Set up the phone call. Several phone calls, meetings later, they hired me to come and train the business. Now, they may never have come to me. This is one of those conversations that they had that got pinned to the wall with everything else, and they put out all the more important buyers. It might have been days, weeks, months, years, if at all, that they came back to that conversation and actually decided to reach out and get help. We all know what that's like. That's just business. But because I was proactive and checked and qualified and, and sent a message, I got that opportunity. So how often, how often should you do it? Should you do it every day, once a week? What should you do? I would do it every day. Um, in the early stages, so on the free LinkedIn account, you can see the most recent three or four people that have viewed your profile. Um, I would check two to three times a day, first thing in the morning, just before you go for lunch and just before you finish the day. And you should be able to see everyone who's viewed your profile that day. As you start to get more active, build an audience and a personal brand, it's one of the features of Sales Navigator that I think really warrants the price. Then you can see everyone um, and you don't have the stress of having to check it constantly. You can log in at any time and just see, you know, everyone who's been looking at your profile. Um, mm -hmm. But it's easy to keep on top in the early stages, at least for the first year, two years. And should I, should I, um, the ones that aren't connected to me, should I reach out to connect with them? Um, I would, uh, again, just double check to make sure they fit your target yeah, yeah. audience. Assuming they um, do. Yeah, then definitely send them a connection request. Okay, good. So basically, we've got a good understanding here of how to put a profile together. We've talked about the type of content, branding, okay, and, and being you and being the real you. Okay, no excuse to have a small network, you can build it out. Don't send out copy and paste messages, make sure your, your, your messages are personalized, go through to that prospect's profile, look at their history, go and look at their activity, go and look at their posts, engage with their posts, okay, uh, and message them that way. 
Um, don't uh, reach out to more than 10 to 20 connections per day. Okay, that's your limit on that one. Be effective with your follow-up. Okay, with people that have checked you out, that your message that have connected with you already, um, then qualify them, and then from that qualification, um, uh, reach out to them and say, "Hey, you've checked out my profile." I, I've got some of my biggest clients from doing exactly that. So I've responded, hey, I just checked that you looked at my profile. I'm glad that you did because I work with a lot of companies in your industry and I think I might be able to help you and I explain what I've done. I've done this for your competitors and it's been really valuable. Would you like to grab a coffee to talk about that because I think it might be valuable to you? And they always respond, always, always respond. And I've, and I've got, te- I've got I, I show clients that I literally go and open it up and share the screen and say, look, that's the message. That's exactly what was sent. Okay, good, excellent stuff. Um, now, when it comes to the consistency, you, you know that I'd knock out a lot of content. You knock out a lot of content. Um, is there is, is there a certain amount of content that I should actually be posting? We know we know, okay, that the, the, the written content, okay, tends to perform better in terms of engagement than video. So we know that we discussed that. What I notice when it comes to producing content is if I post something and then I'm asking a question at the same time, okay, tell me what your thoughts are on it or what's your opinion, do you agree, disagree and all that kind of stuff. Generally, I tend to get a lot more engagement when I do that. Some people would think, oh, I'll do that once a week. But typically, I think it's worthwhile doing that at least at least three or four times a week, if not doing it once a day. Now, I don't want to get in the way of the, uh, the engagement and activity and busyness around an existing post that's been up for 24 hours. So how do I, how do I balance it? In my experience, posting once a day is the perfect number. When you start to post more than once a day, it can start to get too heavy and you may damage the impact that previous posts make. Once a day is good. Now, what I would say in terms of asking for engagement, uh, I would keep it 50-50. So 50% of your posts can and should ask for engagement, ask a question, ask for debate, ask for opinions. The problem is if all your content's asking for debate, people start to get you know, tired of having to constantly give you something. So you balance that out with 50% of content that purely gives could be a story, could be an insight, could be some data, could be some knowledge, the way you don't ask for anything, you just give. And certainly from my experience, do that right with that right balance, you'll get great engagement for, for both. People like to contribute when there's a good reason to contribute and people like to just consume and just take and then add their thoughts to it if they have some to contribute. So it does work out, but balance has always been key. Balance, variety and consistency. So having a variety of formats, so written, image, video, quote, story, you know, keeping to that variety, consistency, doing it every day consistently, um, you know, and, and, and the balance of topics, that's the ingredients to, to kind of success. Okay, good. Okay, a couple of other things. You know, we've got, we've got a certain amount of time that we spend on social media every day, whether it's consuming or posting or whatever it is. And I know that we consume more now on LinkedIn than we ever have. And that the kind of the common belief is people are consuming less on Facebook, although the stats will say different, but the feeling is that people are. I know I've, I've got a certain amount of time every day. I've got to split it between my Facebook, my Instagram, my TikTok, because I like watching people dance crazy stuff, um, and, and my LinkedIn and, and some other things out there that I do. How much time as a percentage should I give to LinkedIn if I go to work every day I'm in business and I'm selling B2B or B2C? Uh, however much you can give. So you can do a lot on LinkedIn in as little as 15 minutes a day. I've seen people build global personal brands and generate tons of business from spending less than 50 minutes a day on LinkedIn. Uh, obviously, if you can give more, then you can potentially achieve more. All I would say is make sure you're focused on doing the right activities and you practice and master them so that you do them as efficiently as possible. I've seen people spend two to three hours writing one blog that gets five likes and generates no business opportunities, whereas I've seen someone practice, spend half an hour writing a blog that generates hundreds of likes and and tons of inbound opportunities. So practice, learn how to do it properly. We've covered a ton of stuff in this in this podcast episode, but go out and and source it, read the books, watch more podcasts and videos, attend training, learn how to do it properly. But yeah, then just be clever with your time. I mean, I spend probably anywhere between one to two hours a day on LinkedIn on a day that I'm more active than most but if i'm out training if i'm out speaking then i probably won't spend more than half an hour to an hour max on linkedin just to make sure i've got content going out i'm replying to messages i'm doing my engagement piece i'm growing my network all the things we've covered in this can be done in a pretty condensed 
amount of time. What I will say is you've mentioned all those other social media networks. They're all valuable. I've won deals on nearly all of them. And I'm just like you. I enjoy watching the dancing on TikTok. But I've seen C-level decision makers and business owners start to share TikTok videos on LinkedIn. So this is, you know, this is the way it's going to go. If your customers and prospects are using TikTok, then why wouldn't you engage with it? Now, probably like you, Spencer, I'm not ready to start doing my own dance yet. Maybe we, maybe we should do one together, Spencer, and um, <laughs> get into this wonderful world. But maybe one day, who knows? <laughs> there's a there's a girl there's a girl on linkedin i forget what her name is she's got one and a half or two million followers on tiktok and she is teaching people on linkedin how to use tiktok and she's growing her audience on tiktok dramatically she's an english girl teenager and she's she's literally giving tips every day as to what to do on tiktok and people you want to see the engagement people are like holy mother of you know <laughs> they're like really impressed with it so it's good You've been, you've been awesome today sharing this information. I really appreciate you doing so. It's been fantastic. Now, my audience are going to want to get a copy of your book. So how do they go about getting a copy? What's the process? Uh, it's on Amazon. It's available on paperback and in Kindle. Um, it's available in quite a few countries around the world. So hopefully uh, a lot of them will be able to get it. If they have any trouble, just message okay okay so it's called the Le the million pound linkedin message by dan disney so if you're listening to it go on amazon go get it if you want to get more sales want to get more clients you want to get more engagement you need to be there now also if you want to follow dan on linkedin okay you, there's two ways of doing so because he's got two channels so what are they both called exactly so look me up daniel disney uh, on linkedin there are a few daniel disney's you'd be surprised to know i'm the one with the red t-shirt uh, and also check out the daily sales um, that shares content for salespeople every single day and you should be able to find it. It's the one with 600,000 followers and hopefully you'll enjoy the content that goes out. Okay, and everyone can follow you there and, uh, and be engaged with you. Dan, this is really fantastic. Really like educational, valuable um, content that you're giving out here to all these people. I have um, some masterclass groups that I that would absolutely love the opportunity if you were to come in and spend 30 minutes with them um, any time that would, could learn from you and take some value and maybe become your, your clients too. And if you'd be happy to do that, I'd be very grateful if you did that. Yeah, no, I mean, Spencer, I appreciate the opportunity to, to do this podcast. I'd love to, to help out as well. Anywhere I can help, I'm keen to help. Good stuff. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, what an epic podcast. What have you learned? Take notes. Okay. What I want to know from here, okay, is the notes that you've taken. So one second, Dan. Guys, you've taken notes. I told you to have a notepad. If you haven't got the notepad, go back and watch this again. It's important. Okay. All of you follow me for a reason. Don't miss out on these opportunities to learn something from a, like, a, like an expert. This is not a guy that's just muddling through and having a go. He's an expert at what he does. He's demonstrated the method. He's written a book. He's got the audience. He's got the t-shirt. You know, he's done the lot. So make sure, okay, you go follow him, watch what he's doing, make sure you engage with the advice that he's giving because it could be the difference between you getting a really good new client every single week that you weren't getting before. And that for all of you, I'm sure is really valuable. Dan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, how about that? Dan Disney. <laughs>